Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together. We'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, The Value of Crisis, Part 3. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. There is a crisis in human affairs. This must be viewed in terms of opportunity and not in terms of cataclysm or catastrophe. I think at this point uh, we've done uh, two shows uh, on this theme, the value of crisis. I think it would be good if... Uh, uh, Sarah and Dale talked a little bit, more or less a recap of some of the highlights of the two previous shows before we move into uh, today's show. Well, let's see. We started out by defining the meaning of crisis, and I summoned up that old bromide about the Chinese character mm-hmm. for crisis being a composite of two, two uh, characters, one for danger and one for opportunity. It's a bit of a cliché, especially among spiritual circles, but there is truth to it, and that's why it's become a cliché, because crisis is both a point of danger when things can go dangerously off track and a point of opportunity, particularly from the point of view of the soul. And we talked about how crises may be seen by those of us living in the world as points where things have gone off track. And I think a lot of people tend to think that crises occur when we've done something wrong. We haven't been paying attention. We haven't been planning things out as we should. And we find ourselves in the midst of a crisis. Therefore, we erred and something went wrong. But in fact, 
the ageless wisdom says that the soul actually fosters, foments crisis. The soul makes contact with its instrument, the physical being living in the world, by getting its attention, first of all. And it does that quite often through crisis. If things are going along swimmingly and the personality is happy as a clam, that's not a particularly productive moment for the soul to gain um, a stronger grip on its vehicle, the personality. Right, because the soul has its own agenda up there to work out the um, demands that are required for this, uh, the plan of God to bring more light and love to into the world. And so that's what its its primary concern is, to refine and to um, purify this personality life that it has created and set in motion and gives life to. And uh, the more translucent this personality can become, the more it will reflect the light of the soul, the light and love of God in the world. And so that's what its main preoccupation is, life after life after life. We talked about um, that statement from the books of Alice Bailey that we grow by the presentation of moments of crisis. Crises have to do with examinations made by the soul periodically. It's sort of like... um, that mayor of New York, Ed Koch, who used to say, how am I doing? (laughs) And I think the soul is in its way saying, how am I doing? When it provokes a crisis, because it's testing out its its instrument to see whether enough discrimination, enough detachment, enough wisdom, enough um, uh, endurance is present or not. And I think... As we said in a previous program, we've had a rich experience in failure. We shouldn't be afraid of it. Uh, I think a lot of us are very afraid of failing. We want to be perfect without having any reasonable expectation that we could be. And yet we put ourselves into this basic assumption that everything we do and are should be perfect. I don't know where we get that from. Because with a little detachment, we would realize that's not going to happen. We are going to fail. We are going to make mistakes. And that's, from the point of view of the soul, a way that learning takes place. The point is not to avoid error, but to learn from it. And crises can provoke points of examination where we look at ourselves a little more closely and look at our choices and our values and try to figure out what it is that created the situation and how we might do better next time. Right, and we have to realize, too, that uh, as we go through periods of crisis, uh, there is also crisis moments for the soul, too, on its own level. And uh, each life is like a crisis for the soul because it has, the soul has, larger patterns of things to work out and this is one of the ways you can tell whether it's a crisis of the soul or a crisis of the personality life usually uh, the the crises that we go through in our personality life 
have to do with physical happenings and events or emotional happenings. And uh, so those are not crises of the soul. Those have to do with the personality nature. And uh, so they are less significant than the crisis of the soul. So uh, we have to bear that in mind, too. It's interesting uh, to distinguish between the crises of the soul and the crises of the personality that so often involve emotional suffering. Uh, One explanation for the difference might be that the soul is consciousness, and the soul is the mind in its higher aspect. Man, the very word man, is from the Sanskrit word manas, meaning one who thinks. Our purest nature is as a thinking being. And that's why the crises that require decision can be very productive to the soul. Crises that present us with a very, well, I was going to say with a very clear choice, but the nature of crisis is that sometimes the choice is not clear at all. And we might be faced with two two goods. But the enemy of the good, no, the enemy of the best is the good. Oh, I don't know. Some saying like that. We might have two very reasonable, plausible choices and not be able to distinguish between them. But to the soul, there is an examination underway to really call upon our sense of values, our discrimination, our discernment, in terms of spiritual principles and to choose the right option that is not easy we might put family first we might put our personal comfort first we might say well my material well-being is important because my family depends on me to support them we might put our educational attainment on the line and say well I've got to live up to all the college and university study I did All of those things can enter in, and the decisive point can be quite murky. But those periods where we have to examine and choose using our mental understanding on its highest level are very valuable to the soul. Right, and it's the the real valuable lessons, I think, are these deep subjective ones that uh, come through from time to time. And if we're they are perhaps even planted there, impressed there by the soul as a way of uh, stimulating a new direction. And uh, we can we can grab those decisions, or we can grab onto those impulses and follow them, or we can ignore them. And if you ignore them, okay, so you just... Well, you'll be back again. You'll be back again in another lifetime. You get the same impression again, the same chance, but um, it, it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so the choices will be coming at you uh, until you <laughs> until you do it right. So it's a thing that um, happens like that. I think the soul mm-hmm. is incredibly patient with uh, what it hopes to accomplish in a particular lifetime. I was looking in my spiritual diary some time ago, and I it covers a period of, I don't know, 20 or 30 years of little notes to myself about realizations and so on. And as I read through it, I realized that I had spent 
all that time dealing with certain essential themes that I was continually coming back to that uh, I was still trying to resolve in my consciousness. I didn't see a heck of a lot of progress, but I don't despair. I'm perhaps a slow learner. Maybe I'm on about an average par with everyone else, but it made me realize how patient we have to be with ourselves and with others that uh, the learning and the change that we hope for doesn't come nearly as quickly as we might hope. And that's why these crises are periodic points of examination, and it's why Alice Bailey said man has the habit of crisis because we return again and again to these fundamental issues which the soul is seeking to resolve through crisis. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and our topic for today, The Value of Crisis, Part 3. We have a special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. Serving Humanity is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey, and it's available now for $19. Serving Humanity is an inspiring compilation of extracts that will help the reader's understanding of crisis and why it's so important to spiritual development. What you need to do to take advantage of this offer is to send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's uh, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And had a little notation saying that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. We also have uh, many other... Uh, Alice Bailey books that you can purchase. Of course, uh, the subject of today's topic uh, uh, comes from the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity, and so that's the primary book for today. But we have 23 other books, and uh, you might want to take a look at those. The one that I started up with is Ponder Ponder on This, uh, and also I found the autobiography of Alice Bailey very intriguing, and it got me motivated me to get into the other books as well. If you need to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, give us a call on our toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. <clears throat> All of our inner, inner site programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find the link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website, also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program is will be. I was uh, <clears throat> thinking about about what you said, and I, of course, by this time I've drawn the conclusion that the pleasant uh, life or living living in the consciousness of Pleasantville <laughs> is not really good for building the character of the soul of the individual. And um, But I have to say, I don't think I'd be courageous enough like the Buddha was, who lived in uh, the nirvana of wealth and good times, and he decided to leave all that and go out in the world and experience crisis. 
I would stay. I w- if I were the booter, stay in the castle. I would have stayed in the castle <laughs> and had women dropping grapes in my mouth. I would have, uh, so, um, well, uh, that's just my comment on it. I can certainly admire uh, the type of individual who appreciates car yeah. prizes, but I'm not there uh, yet uh, in my well, own don't, spiritual world. Don't worry about it because your soul will present you with credit. Whether I like it or not. Like it or not. Yeah, I, I, no. I must say it has been very effective. Yes. You, you <laughs> can be booter in the next life. <laughs> he must have had a deep hunger for spiritual realization uh, to renounce all that he did the perfect family the perfect uh, heritage the perfect home Mm. but he sensed something was deeply amiss and I think we lesser mortals might have some glimmer of what he must have sensed when we get everything arranged in our lives if we have managed to do so just perfectly we have our career our family our home Everything seems so nice. It's one of the great <clears throat> weaknesses of um, life in an affluent society, I think, that things can be arranged on an outer level that look really good. And yet people can suffer from a sense of a loss of meaning, not knowing what the point mm-hmm. of it all is. After you've gotten the third car and uh, added the addition to your home and to your degree of education and you've reached your your promotion in your career, well, all of that's good. It isn't that any of those are mistakes at all. It's that the soul seeks to serve. And if you aren't sharing who and what you are, the soul is going to be dissatisfied. And I think that's what mobilizes crises, the tendency we have to turn in upon ourselves and not let enough of the light and love that is our true nature shine through us. And it's that effort for the soul to radiate its light that disrupts our, our circumstances because light is given off under, under pressure, under uh, turmoil that releases light and the soul then is, is able to uh, fulfill its function. Yes, I think this overly material emphasis, though, is probably a real distraction and also a, a maybe a welcome crisis for the soul because mankind has been so materially oriented most of his existence and now it's reaching a stage where he's got to become much more subjectively oriented and more spiritually oriented and by that I don't mean religiously oriented I mean oriented towards the underlying spirit that underlies every form in the world and understanding um, human development and evolution from that standpoint and uh, realizing that one needs to bring more of these divine (coughs) spiritual qualities into your life. So that is the great question. That is the great um, opportunity before so many human beings in the world today who have this still very uh, material orientation and think this is where it's at. This is where I should be uh, focusing my life. Well, maybe so, but if you begin to feel any kind of little doubts inside of you, that's the uh, conscience of the soul coming through. And maybe you should listen to that too. Alice Bailey said there are three types of 
crisis or three stages, awakening, sensitivity, and responsibility. And the crisis of awakening is the one that propels us into a a deeper awareness of the meaning of something. And we can probably, if we think hard about our life, remember some crises that brought about a, a deeper understanding of the significance, the purpose behind some um, some testing uh, difficult period. The crisis of sensitivity is what opens up the, the heart, the consciousness, to more completely identify identify with the human experience. It it breaks down barriers of separation because in the suffering and the pain of the crisis, we realize more of our humanity, which is shared with our fellow men. So it can develop us a, a, a greater urge to serve. The crisis of sensitivity can propel one towards wanting to relieve human suffering, animal suffering perhaps. The crisis of responsibility is on a still higher level in terms of the soul. It leads to the willingness of the person who has undergone such a crisis to assume greater responsibility for whatever he or she thinks he can contribute to the world. In other words, a crisis of responsibility would would result in one feeling, I can do something about this problem. I, I can't solve the problem of um, race relations. I can't solve the problem of illness or hunger. But I can do something more about some aspect of some situation that troubles me. A crisis that leads to that realization that, that evokes a, a willingness to give more and to perhaps relinquish some of what would have fostered self-interest and the comfort of the individual self, that's that's a very productive crisis from the standpoint of the soul. Yes, I think um, um, just to, trying to think of examples in, in, in the world, perhaps I mean, the usual one is Mother Teresa. We go back. She gave up a lot just to go to India to uh, do the great service that she did there. And even when she was in India, she was in a convent, as I understand it, that served rather well-to-do affluent uh, Indian Catholic girls. And it was satisfactory. She was working, I think, in a school. But she sensed on a train trip to Darjeeling that there was still more she should do for the very poor. And that turned around. She That was a great decision that she followed, that inner impulse and it it was a decision that turned around her life Mm -hmm. literally there are so many interesting Mm -hmm. examples of crisis that um, we can see perhaps amongst our family and friends perhaps amongst famous people recently the uh, Kennedy Center honors were given out uh, which they do every year at the end of December and the the Pianist Leon Fleischer was uh, one of the um, uh, people recognized. He went through a real crisis as a pianist because some years ago he lost the use of his right hand through some kind of neurological um, uh, problem. I don't know if they ever succeeded in really diagnosing it, but he could no longer play the piano. 
and he was a pianist. He had been one all his life. He was a child prodigy. It was devastating to him. But his response to that crisis was, first of all, to cultivate a really comprehensive knowledge of all the pieces written for the piano for the left hand, which he could still use. And uh, he apparently became a really gifted teacher of piano and inspired uh, a lot of students to produce music in a way that um, brought forth something really beautiful from them. What a gift to be a teacher of that uh, competency. So you could see maybe it wasn't what Leon would have chosen for himself, but his soul gained something, I'm sure, through that apparent limitation. Yes, and of course, um, President um, Roosevelt, mm. uh, who had <coughs> polio. polio when he was, you know, in his early years, but it it didn't um, it didn't phase him. I mean, he had the strength of will to to work beyond it, and uh, so he it wasn't really a limitation because he still had the great mind of his that could still work. And it was just his physical body that was incapable of uh, functioning properly. But um, that didn't matter. I mean, there was a great soul there that overcame all of that. I guess I guess hmm? I would disagree. Hmm? I bet if you asked him, it mattered a lot. I, um, yes, he still fulfilled his function as a great president and uh, rescued hmm? the nation from the Depression and from the war. So on that level, you're right. It didn't matter. It didn't impede his contribution. But for him personally, I think he must have struggled mightily because I read once that he, in the early years after his uh, polio and the loss of his legs, devoted every bit of his energy, and he had considerable energy, to rehabilitation. He was convinced he was going to gain back the use of his legs. And I think he made some progress, but it was such hard work and so many months and years were spent with very small increments of of uh, gain being measured and finally I recall reading he came to a point, a crisis point where he had to decide for himself if, if he was going to continue fighting against this injury to gain perhaps more strength back into his legs or should he use the energy and time he had available to focus on uh, his political career, which he had already um, spent considerable years um, developing. And he, at that point, in a sense, accepted his his um, disability and lived for the rest of his life with it. But at what cost? What can we say? The pain of those shackles and the limitation of being immobile physically. Uh, but he... He put his energy into leading the nation. And also, one is reminded also of Chris Reeve, the actor, mm -hmm. that uh, went through a, a, a similar uh, paralysis, uh, and he he came he he <coughs> made use of that uh, that position that he was suddenly thrown mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. uh, in in a service in a great service work. Right, he was uh, sort of a guinea pig for spinal injury treatments and uh, did a lot of uh, experimental work that people now can benefit from. So there's much to be said about crisis. We're, we're not done yet.
Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company. And that's the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. Serving Humanity is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. And it has, you can find today's subject, uh, The Value of Crisis. It's written about within this Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. Uh, today's offer, well, Serving Humanity is available for $19. So what you need to do if you would like to take advantage of this offer is send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?